coming to you from the world of AV control and programming, along with James King. I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hey, James, welcome back to another episode. Good to be here with you. Uh, thank you, Steve. This is uh, definitely great to be back. Uh, looking forward to this topic. I, uh, I think we're going to be talking about the something that's going to really hit home with a lot of people. And, and in this case, we're going to do things a little bit differently because it's going to be geared toward those looking to develop and, and hire and, and, uh, and also train programmers. So we're going to be talking about training resources. Um, but before we begin, uh, we wanted to give a shout out to a couple of people who've left us messages on LinkedIn. Um, one is Sean Bergman from Foxglove Labs. Thanks, Sean, for reaching out and connecting. And another one is Joe Akoli. I hope that I pronounced that right, from Root Integrated Systems. Thanks, Joe, for reaching out. Um, James and I both appreciate it, and it's good to connect with you guys and, and really appreciate you listening as well as all the others. But um, this hopefully is some encouragement for, for us to connect with more listeners and, and uh, hear what everybody has to say, because this show is driven by feedback. So James, let's uh, kind of jump right in to uh, the, this topic of training. And, and I think it's a little bit of a murky one because there's, um, there, there's a, I think a big myth that our AV industry really is kind of run by, by the training available through manufacturers. And, and while I respect and value all the time and effort that manufacturers put into training, it, it's only one piece of the puzzle. And um, I, I have some experiences that I can share, but I kind of wanted to bring it over to you. We spoke a little bit about how your experience has been that you, were, you came into this industry with, with programming knowledge. And so how did training that you received help and what, what was effective and, and what, what do you think was needed some, uh, some additional development or, or, uh, or, or emphasis? Um, so that's a, this is a great topic. Uh, like you said, there's everything under the sun for manufacturer training and they're great resources to get the, the framework and the foundation of learning what their languages do. But as I mentioned in the one episode is if you're actually not programming and writing code, you're not going to learn it. You also have to have a project in mind. You got to come in going, this is what my end goal is. This is my project. This is what I got to learn. And I think that really benefited me going to training. Um, I mean, a quick story. I was sitting there in a training class asking questions because I had a project even before going to training, there was something in my mind I wanted to do at our university. I'm like, I want to do this. I want to figure out how to do it. So I was asking the instructor questions. Now I was in a level one programming class. He was answering him, great instructor. And he's like, you know, I think it was early June when I was doing this. He's like, you might be good for our programming two course in August. And I'm like, oh, if anyone know higher education, 
August is you're not getting us. <laughs> That's our busy time. So I'm like, oh, I don't think I can make August, but I'll see what my supervisor allows. Someone else in the classroom shut up and goes, oh, our boss won't send us to training that quickly. And the instructor looked at him and go, we recommend a year of training under your belt of programming one before programming two. He's already asking programming two questions. So he's right. And I think that I came in prepared. In fact, even the guy sitting next to me, I kind of joked with him because the first day of class when we were around, he was only there because his boss wanted him to learn programming so they didn't have to hire a third-party programmer. And the day of the last class when you take the certification test, the guy walked in the room and goes, I fail me now. I told my boss, I don't care how much it costs, pay the programmers whatever they want. This is too, uh, he uses split the word, hard. I looked at him and I go, pay me. Like, I, this is easy. Um, but again, I stayed with my university anyway. So, because it's a great place to work. But yeah, um, that's my take is you got to come in. You got to put work in. You're not going to learn it coming in knowing nothing. I think that, you know, I think you make a really good point uh, with regard to having a project in mind or having a task in mind. I guess the question that I'll bring up, because this is where I think there's a little bit of, of struggle, is that I think that the manufacturer training tends to be very, um, very broad. So they don't necessarily know, like to your point, who's going to be in their class, what are the levels, how quickly are people going to bring, pick stuff up. And what is it that everybody's trying to get out of the class? So um, I think that you're, you came in with a, with a big advantage, clearly. Yeah. And, and not only with the advantage because you had the background, but also because you had a, a goal in mind. And, and I think that there's a, a, a probably a number of people who are in the person's shoes that said, you know, pay somebody else because this is too hard because they were probably just thrown right into the deep end. And, and I think that that's, uh, I, I, that could be really difficult and intimidating, but that doesn't mean that that person couldn't succeed. They just, they, they, they were lacking probably the fundamentals and, and a little bit of the, uh, almost the prerequisites that are unwritten. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this on the first episode that we did is Programmers are a unique breed. We, we think differently. Um, so it takes some time to actually process um, the information that we're working on. I mean, there's time I'll be stuck in my code and I'll walk out of my office and my coworker, who's very good in his field, a little lax on the coding side, he'll look at me like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I'm stuck on this problem. And he'd be like, oh, maybe I can help. And I'll start telling him and he's a eyes gloss over. He doesn't know programming. And he's like, oh yeah. I was like, I'll figure it out. Just let, let me go for a walk. I'll figure it out. And I do. I come back and figure it out. But you got to have that mindset and not everyone does. And so programming is not for everyone. Um, you can't just take your best installer and make them a programmer. And I feel that is done too quickly in the AV world. 
is they take their best installer and make them a programmer. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So somebody told me about that a, a while back, and it, and this also goes back to to I think our second episode where we were talking about the characteristics that make a good programmer. I, I think the there's a little bit of a different approach in in responsibility and and also in um, the mode of thinking between somebody who is really good in as an installer and a programmer, because I think an installer is hyper-focused on doing one skill, one task at, at a time per se. And granted, if you're managing people, then that, that changes. But, but a programmer is constantly thinking about all the what-if cases and what are, what are the periphery things that may go wrong or what what needs to be considered in trying to find out the solution or solve a particular problem or um, how, how do I code something in, in a way that this is going to be expandable or this is going to be a, uh, um, a good foundation for the future. Yeah, and that goes again with the whole different mindset like you said and installers nothing gets them they're great i actually install stuff myself and like you said you're focused it's you're taking this piece of hardware you're putting it in it's either a 2u 1u 5u whatever you're screwing it in you, you use this connector use that connector boom bang done programming is you got to think about all scenarios you can sit here and go, okay, this button clicks and turns on the display. For most people, that might sound very simple. What you also got to say is, what is a user going to do? Are they going to come in and use two fingers? Are they going to come in and punch the, the button? Are they going to come in and you know, hit on the edge of the button, wanting it to work instead of the center of the button? So you got to throw in all cases, um, all scenarios, and trying to figure out what the users are going to do. Because you can sit here and program and go, I know this button does this by clicking the center of the button. That's great. But does your user know that by looking at your interface? And that's another thing is we have to be able to understand that and get that across our users is, for example, I know for me was uh, when I had button that says on to me, that meant was when I see the word on, I want to turn the display on. Some of my users thought that meant the display was already on. So it's, we had to work out to figure out what was the best terminology to use. Um, so again, it's a lot more variables that programmers have to be mindful of. So the idea that we're just thinking about how to write code is really a, a fallacy is what it sounds like. And, and if we're, if we're trying to target this toward, toward people that are, are looking to either uh, manage or groom or hire or, or, or try to bring programmers onto a team, um, how do they find those types of resources? Because that that a lot of that is tribal knowledge that you know you, you have to really kind of get by being on the inside, right? 
Yeah, I, I think that's probably the hardest thing is you're not going to have someone, especially if you're looking to hire, coming in knowing that tribal knowledge. But the person needs to be flexible. Um, so that, like you say, is you got to be un- able to adapt to the variable that you're working with. Just so like in programming, if you're throwing a, a value at a variable, that variable is changing. And us as programmers, we need to be able to adapt and think like that. And um, that's where the training comes into play is as a manager or supervisor looking to get a programmer, you should have a understanding of programming. You're not gonna know the ins and outs and all the tribal knowledge, but if you don't know the framework, how do you know your programmer knows the framework? That's a really good point. I so I I was fortunate to never be that guy on an island. However, I know that term and I agree. And I and my my what I say is that you can't. You can't exist in this in this industry in a bubble, but it's very you know same analogy. Um, so having a mentor and having somebody that can be like your your programming buddy, let's call them, or or a coach, or 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 just a, a trusted resource, really kind of sounds like a good way to bring somebody new into the industry or bring somebody in the ranks is they, they really need to, it almost needs to be like an apprenticeship, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I find that a lot is almost every area of AV is like that. And why should programming be different? I mean, you're, you got tribal knowledge, you got the, the handing down the mentorship of, you know, how the rig lights or how to set up your stage lights how to install the equipment. Like there's all that mentorship already. And why should we treat programming any different? Um, we definitely should have the tribal knowledge, uh, people to learn from, other code to look at and be going. Like I said, I've looked at the old programmers code and being like, this does that. I mean, I agree with it, roll it out. And then I find out, okay, he did this for X, Y, Z, and Z. We no longer need that we can adjust it or we still need it let's continue it well one of the things if if i just want to kind of um, brainstorm a little bit about different ways that somebody can get started and and you know with regard to to training that's informal is um you know going back to to the idea of finding uh something that interests you and playing with it that's that's centered around writing code you know hopefully it has something to do with the AV industry but if it doesn't it's still a matter of learning that that mode of thinking uh, the other thing though that i found to be very useful too because um, what we do kind of breaks into two pieces you have the user interface side which you had mentioned and you also have the back end code but being able to design a user interface that is uh, a, a good quality uh, and, and is well thought out and, and is aesthetically pleasing is, is definitely an area that doesn't really get touched as, as much in manufacturer training. So that, that's one thing. 
but be, then being able to simply take that user interface and write, write a scope around it. So what, here's what I plan to program. So if you can, if you can go in and detail that and document it, then learning syntax, you're, you're now narrowing down what is it that you really, what, what is the skill that, that you're, you're, you need help with. But if, and, and some of these you can do without actually being trained in a, um, in a particular language or technology, let's say. I a hundred percent agree. I, I think uh, almost a good way you can look at it is for someone who's starting out to learn is thinking about it as when you were in school and you were, they taught you how to do a paper. You always start with the outline first. Mm-hmm. Think of your control interface is like your outline. You just throw something on there. It, it very broad. This is what it's going to do. And then you start drilling down and fine tuning it and you make your adjustments as you go. You start with a huge, big, broad, and then you narrow it down. I think in the end, what, what, a lot of what we're saying is, is patience. <laughs> yes. And also, it, it requires an investment on both parts. Um, it, it, require, it, it involves a supportive environment and having a manager or a, a, a boss that understands that this is a process, but it also it involves the effort that's being put in on the side to be able to, hey, I, I know I want to do this, so so what do I have to take on myself to be able to learn? And and then I think going to training probably reinforces a lot of these principles. And and I still like the idea too of having a project in mind because if you if you can't apply what you're learning, then it's it's really not going to stick with you for too long. A hundred percent. I think you you as a programmer need to put the work in um to your it's a you guys think it is it's it's not for your business it's for you you're building your skill set your business or that you're working for is using that skill set but you actually built your own toolbox and you can take that with you um so you got to put the investment in you have to put the time in like I mentioned on a couple episodes ago, I built a Raspberry Pi um, where I'm teaching myself programming stuff that I don't have formal training on now. And I'm learning and building from it. What, a Raspberry Pi these days are like $35? It's a small investment. And I gave myself a project. It's actually changed a couple times. It first started out as a, a controller for my aquarium. I used to run a saltwater tank. I had outlets I was turning on and off. I had lights I was turning on and off. So it started small, built up like that. And now I'm redo it and it's completely different now. I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap. And uh, what else, let's see if uh, we can take a poll, see what the audience thinks about how they have been able to evolve their skills and what value they see in training, but also if you have any cool side projects that you've worked on, you know, you know why don't you share those and, and we'll talk about them in the future, but that'd be a cool thing to, uh, to showcase. Uh, James, how can people get in touch with you and uh, any parting words that you wanted to share? 
Uh, no, this was a great topic. And uh, again, you can reach me at Twitter, AV underscore James King, LinkedIn, uh, higheredav.com, digital magazine with the IT and AV column. And for me, Steve Greenblatt, I'm simply at Steve Greenblatt on social media and I look forward to hearing from you and connecting. So until next time, this has been Ask the Programmer.